This is Ryuko Matoi, and you're listening to a Tsunami Faithful Podcast exclusive. Life Fiber Synchronized Kamui Senkets! Hello and welcome to the Tsunami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have my co-hosts, Paul Pascrillo and Jim Nelson. Hey, hey. Today we have been joined by Erica Mendez. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. So to get the ball rolling, uh, Erica, why don't you tell us a bit about your journey into voice acting? Well, I, uh, growing up, I watched a lot of cartoons and video games were starting to become more popular. So I was really into those. And um, of course, cartoons already had voiceover. But when I was getting into video games, um, they were starting to have more voiceover. So I started getting interested in it based off that stuff. And I looked up more about it on the Internet. And luckily at the time, there were like, you know, websites where you could upload voice clips of yourself, like reading lines from video games or shows just to pretend to be that character for like a second in your life or whatever. (laughs) And I uh, looked up those and like internet forums and started becoming into um, voice acting communities and, you know, to get involved with people who also had the same interest online. And so I did a lot of radio dramas and some various fan projects and that's kind of where I got my start and it just kind of you know somehow fell into me going into the professional industry at a certain point and it's still kind of crazy but here I am (laughs) wow that's really cool yeah (laughs) and what was your first official voice acting gig um my first in studio gig was pac-man I guess you could say my first official like paying for, you know, a kind of commercial project was uh, a game called Dust and Elysian Tale. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good game if you haven't played it. Um, it's an indie game made by one guy who had help with a few things like sound design and, and casting. And obviously there are voiceovers in it. And I play a character named Corbin in that. He's a little side character, but he has like the coolest side quest because it's called... Um, uh, combo breaker, I think, because you have to get like a thousand hits in a combo and then you get the achievement. But that was really fun. But other than that, my first in studio gig was Pac Man of all characters, which is kind of crazy to say. Like, hey, my first voiceover role was Pac Man. So who gets to say that? You know? <laughs> Not too many people. <laughs> and it wasn't just waka 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 waka. No. <laughs> Thankfully, that would have been very repetitive and boring. (laughs) Now, how did you end up working for Aniplex? I auditioned like everybody else does. (laughs) I didn't just come in and was like, hey, Aniplex, work with me. And they were like, yeah, okay. I wish that would work like that. That would be really easy. But no, I... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people do. It would make things definitely a lot easier and less stressful for sure. But um, I auditioned for the project like anyone else did for that show. And um, it was pretty cool because I actually was kind of gunning for like auditioning for Magi was the first. uh, Actually, no, that's not true. Magi was not the first thing I auditioned for with Anaplex. I auditioned for Sword Art Online, the second half 
of the series. Um, I auditioned for Raycon, um, Leafa's little, you know, fairy partner dude. And I didn't get it, unfortunately. But um, the studio that I worked with for it, Bang Zoom, knew I did boy voices. So that's how I got that audition initially. And then later on, um, Moggy, the auditions for that went out. And like I said, I auditioned like everybody else did. And it seemed like it took forever before they finally cast. But thankfully, you know, I got the part of Aladdin. It was the only part I had auditioned for, which was pretty cool. Because I'm <laughs> sure those odds are like so low, you know, just however many. I, they probably get like anywhere from 20 to 50 auditions, I'm sure, per character. I, I actually have no idea. But I just like to imagine that that's, you know, how many people I'm going up against. And you know, for me to book a lead role like that just out of nowhere, working with that company for the first time was pretty surreal for me. I'll bet. Well, you did have <laughs> some people coming out of nowhere for that. Um, yeah. I believe, um, was uh, Eric Kimmerer also on uh, Dust and Elysian Tale? He wasn't, no. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought he was. Mm-mm. But um, co-opting off of that in uh, Magi, uh you had a uh, seemingly a obs- an obsession with Magi for a while, <laughs> collecting stuff like that. Um, <laughs> so what is it about Magi itself that makes it so endearing to you, aside from the fact that it was your first real lead role uh, in an anime? I just overall like the theme of it. Um, the whole, you know, A Thousand and One Arabian Nights theme was really cool. And I know it's not directly tied to the Disney movie Aladdin, but that was like one of my favorite movies. So being able to play a character that has the same name as something that from my childhood is pretty neat in itself. And overall, I mean, I had seen this series before I even auditioned for it. And something... You know, after the first initial three episodes, because I was like, oh, what the heck is this? Like this little 10 year old touching people's boobs and stuff. This is kind of weird. (laughs) Um, But after the first three episodes, you know, because you want to give a show like a good three episode try before you finally decide that you don't want to watch it or you want to keep watching it. And I did that and I just kind of fell in love with it. Um, It's just so, so fun. And it's got this big theme of friendship that is really nice and you know it's got its dark moments and it's it's kind of an action show and I love a lot of the characters in it so that was a really good selling point for me Mm because usually if there's like a few characters that you're like oh I don't relate to this character at all or this character's stupid or like you know if you don't like the lead character then you're not really going to like a show usually that's how you know because if you can't like a main character, why would you keep watching a show where <laughs> the character is in it for 26 episodes or however much, you know? But I just, I fell in love with Aladdin. I think he's so cute and, you know, Agreed. just so well-rounded as a character. And I, I'm i just so lucky to be a part of that. So that was, uh, yeah, that's, I agree. Uh, Magi is fantabulous. I like, <laughs> sh- I like the show very, very much. It's really fun. And yes. the merchandise is very cute. Oh, oh yes, yes. I, I have plenty of it, so I would know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, geez, when I started collecting, I kind of went crazy. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to limit myself to maybe like one or two figures per character now, but I'm just looking at my Aladdin collection right now, and I've got one, two, three, uh, four, about four like actual figures, and then various keychains, 
and like <laughs> other things. I've got two cups, you know, it's just, it kind of went crazy <laughs> and it doesn't help that he's super adorable. So, you know, Oh, that is very much, uh, we are very much in agreement on that. <laughs> because, uh, it's, oh my God. <laughs> uh, I wanted to co-opt, uh, off of that. Go ahead. So yeah, how much, yes. how much Ryuko stuff do you have now? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Way more than Aladdin stuff for sure. Let's see. Oh. I've got looking, well, there's a lot more merchandise for Kill a Kill. For one, I'm trying to like look mm. over to see more to actually get a good count. But um, I remember the jacket uh, you wore at Otakon. So yeah, yeah, oh, that's nice. uh, it's like my favorite outfit of her. So I had to get the jacket. <laughs> but I've got the scale figure. I've got the Sega prize. I've got the Beach Queen figure. I've got the um, transformed petite Kara character. I think the line yeah. is called or whatever. I've got mm -hmm. the Nendroid. I've got the Figma. And, you know, various little keychains. So that's about like six figures, I think. <laughs> but I think with all my figures, I can make about three pairs of scissors. <laughs> they've all got the half scissors. So, yeah. <laughs> Nendoroid or or uh, something else like Figma or Kupoche or something. If you had uh, what, to choose. What do I prefer? Yes. Um, so far, Nendroids are winning for me, but some figures or some characters, I do think that the Figmas look better. Like, um, if I were to start collecting anything for Sinon, which I'm trying not to because I don't voice her, so yeah. I'm like, don't spend the extra money. But um, I like like Sinon's figure from Sword Art better than I like the Nendroid. Okay. But as far as Ryuko goes, I think I like her Nendroid better than her Figma. But the Figma's really nice too. Nice. So, um, actually, speaking of Sword Art Online 2, which debuts in 10 days on Tsunami, yay. Wow. <laughs> um, actually, along those lines, were you in that show? And if so, um, who are you and can you describe your character? I'm not in the show, actually. Like, not oh, at all. Cut that I, <laughs> um, the only time I auditioned for it, like I said, was when I auditioned for Raycon for the second half of the first season. Oh, okay. But, yeah, okay. I I would have really loved to audition for Sinon, but I kind of understand why I probably didn't get to, because um, mm. I had just come off of Magi season two yeah. and Kill a Kill, so it's probably better that I I'm not like shoved into everybody's faces too much right off the bat. Because <laughs> so, I've, yeah, I've, I mean, I've been it. I've been fortunate to be in so many things as like lead characters, um, and you know it's just been crazy writing off of that stuff. So Sinon would have been cool, but, you know, I'm sure Michelle's going to be great as her. So I, oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear it. Oh, FOP. she's going to be good. I'll trust FOP, friend <laughs> of the FOP, friend of the podcast, Michelle Ruff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in other words, no Roman Reigns booking for uh, Erica. She's not constantly in people's faces. <laughs> no, I hope not. I mean, I've got I've got a few other cool things lined up um, that I can't talk about yet, unfortunately, but stupid um, NDAs. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's possible that people might get sick of me, but you know, I'm having fun oh. doing what I'm doing, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nonsense. I'm sure people love you regardless. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So you said you were in Magi season two. Is there anything else that you can uh, elaborate on uh, regarding a possible release date or anything like that for uh, for Magi season two? 
I think they announced it, actually. Um, I want to say March 31st is the first volume. Second Yay. volume's coming out uh, May 26th. There you go. Yeah. So go out and buy it, because those sets were beautiful, if a little oh, expensive, yeah. but they were still beautiful. Yeah, I really... I mean, I like the first season a lot, but the second season was just so good. <laughs> so I can't wait to watch it again. And now I remember the question I was going to ask. I knew it was Maggie related. Um, <laughs> I meant to ask Bryce this, um, but I guess it came out wrong when I first interviewed him a couple of years ago. Um, does seeing a show streaming first before you actually go and um, before you actually go and audition for it, does seeing the show on a streaming outlet make it easier for you to uh, make a character decision? Like, okay, this is how. I feel this is how I see myself as this character. I want to say it helps and it doesn't help because okay. for me, I I can watch you know, you know a series all the way through and feel like I can I, I can get a good grasp of the character, but then there will be times when I go in to record and it turns out what you know sometimes whatever I think I know I got wrong. Or, like, mm -hmm. misunderstood it, so I actually don't know as much as I thought I did. <laughs> or the director or the client will have a different idea, so they'll pull you in a different direction than okay. maybe you originally thought. So it's kind of hard, you know, being a fan and, like, thinking that you know these characters um, better than you actually do to have those conflicting opinions. Because in your mind, you're like, oh, man... I really think it should have been this way, but the director's like, no, 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 do it this way. And then they won't let you do it any other way other than, you know, what they want. Unless you totally blow their mind, you know, <laughs> with what you're doing. Hey, what the client wants, the client gets. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. They're the ones paying you, so no arguing. <laughs> exactly. I can, it's like, oh, well. <laughs> okay, well, going down the uh, directing uh, rabbit hole even further... Uh, are there any stories you have uh, recording uh, in the booth in your uh, career so far involving, you know, directors or, uh, you know, bombs left by other uh, voice actors before you came in? Um, man, I don't can't remember if there's there was bo one bomb that I got left that I clearly remember, but it's kind of more of an inside joke. So it's a hard thing oh. to tell to people. <laughs> Because uh, Laura Post, I guess I'll try to explain it anyway, but me and Laura Post, who plays Ragio in Kill a Kill, mm -hmm. have this kind of ongoing joke. Because we were in this this um, little app that I don't want to say the name of just in case I get in trouble for saying this. But, you know, there's this app and there's this character that Laura played. And it's this ridiculous character that has a, a voice like this and it just talks like this the entire time. So <laughs> <laughs> we got to make fun of that because it was kind of a silly thing that we did. And... Um, so she left me a bomb as Ragio with that voice. <laughs> <laughs> so out of nowhere, the director's like, okay, let's let's go back and, and do this scene again because there's something that we missed or whatever. So I'm just, you know, listening as I do, waiting for the beeps. And all of a sudden I hear this like, whoa, I'm flying thing going on. And I'm like, what the hell? Oh, geez, Laura. Like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But there's, there's this whole backstory with that silly character too where we pretend like it has like this really dark story where because it, it's a kid's game with like blocks and stuff but the character is the only one that doesn't that has a body so we we have the story where it's like the character doesn't actually have friends 
and the oh. friends in <laughs> this is so oh. sad starting <laughs> sad no the, the friends that they do have in the game that they say they have they're just box heads so oh. we were like oh he just you know decapitated his friends or like drew their faces on boxes <laughs> So that's the entire story, and the character is just a homicidal maniac, and like just drinks way too much. But it's yeah, it's very long and convoluted, and Laura tells it way better than I do. So if you ever have her on, you have to ask her about it. Sufficiently dark. She has been added to the list. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) makes me wonder terrible things about Tetris. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. On the topic of video games, isn't it just such a shame that there isn't a kill a kill video game? Oh, it's criminal. It's yeah, <laughs> I would say it's criminal. There should definitely be. I, it would make such a good like. I don't know. I kind of imagine if they did make a game, it'd be a cool like side scroller hack and slash kind of thing. Yeah. I think that'd be neat, or, or like a, a battle like game. God of War ish. Yeah. Uh, I see yeah. a Blaze Blue clone. Actually. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Oh yeah, a fighting game. That would be really neat because there's enough characters that you could fight with on a roster like that. So I think that would be neat. An interesting game to be like, like more like on a Mortal Kombat kind of thing where you have like you can fight different characters from the series and everything like that, but not yeah. a lot as bloody as Mortal Kombat, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, but, Ryuko. But, Ryuko I, don't know, I think the, the cool, like the the cool style of like Guilty Gear Xrd would be really neat on a game like that. So yeah. that's cel shaded, kind of look. I like oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, Those Ryuko kinds of graphics would be Sa- sick. <laughs> yeah. Ryuko ripping uh, Satsuki's spinal cord out. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Fatality. <laughs> like I just, I just, um, like I just got it in my head. Erica shouting, "Finish him!" As <laughs> <laughs> So I've noticed just listening to your speaking voice that, of course, Aladdin would sound very different from your speaking voice, but even Ryuko does. So is yeah. is the voice kind of hard to do? Um, I, I don't know about the actual voice, but definitely the screaming. <laughs> and that's yeah. a lot of what she does. So that would definitely take its toll on my voice. But I think it's more of like an attitude thing. And she mm. is a little bit lower in my range, but not too much lower. But it's more of like, you know, getting that kind of cocky attitude thing going on. And she just wants to, like, fight everything, you know? So it's kind of like, I don't know. It's more of an attitude adjustment. Hmm. I, I can hear that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you go to that place. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's a stance, too. I stand a certain way when I record her. I, <laughs> I believe that. I actually, I can attest, I recorded my demo last week, and uh, I noticed that for certain things, I would, you know, I'm, I'm pretty active, and yet, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know how big those booths are, so I don't want to hit anything, but at the same time, right. um, you know, I can understand, you know, assuming a stance or, you know, actual uh, hand movements or something like that, it, it yeah, adds to something. Something that, like, triggers the character for you, because mm-hmm. for me, um, when I initially started recording Ryuko, um, when they were trying to get me to like under to understand what they wanted out of her, they told me that they wanted her to sound a little bit like a boy, and, which was great for me because that's kind of my what I think is my forte. Like I, I voice a lot of young boys, so it was kind of in my wheelhouse. But um, so when I voice young boys, I tend to stand with my leg, um, you know, separated, so I'm kind of like, uh, you know. A ready position. Yeah, like a just, 
you know, maybe like a few feet apart and I'm just kind of standing there and Ryuko, especially though, I, um, kind of like cock my head to the side when she needs a little bit more swagger in her voice. And sometimes I'll kind of like put my thumbs in my pocket to kind of get that cool. Like, uh, (laughs) the director would kind of describe it as like, you know, do it more like Clint Eastwood or, or, you know, that kind of thing. So to get that cool factor into it. Do you feel lucky Satsuki? Yeah. Well, do you <laughs> punk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I actually have a, a question real quick. Um, <laughs> now, to, I think Jim knows what I'm going to ask, but there's been a lot of pictures coming out lately of different characters wearing Ryoko's shirt. Uh, Ryoko's not shirt, I guess, but her uniform. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, which one? The transformed one or the regular the, school? Uh, I believe they've all been the transformed one. Uh, I know okay. there was uh, the Attack on Titan one. There's now one that's from Space Dandy. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, please tell me it's Dandy. It is Dandy. <laughs> yes. It is, it is Dandy, and I'm just sitting there going, oh, God. <laughs> actually i haven't seen too many of those honestly i know there are a few people when they found out i voiced pac-man and ryuko there are a few people drawing pac-man in the transformed kamui <laughs> and that was a little frightening but kind of really cool and in- interesting at the same time so i'm like okay that's that's really cool thank you <laughs> i see the colossal titan having this oh year. no <laughs> i just I just, you. I just, I oh, just, oh, cannot unsee. It's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sheets kicks the wall. <laughs> I just see it coming. Like, One I just, I'm saying, going, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, we're all screwed. <laughs> if it happens after this podcast, you know what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, we received a terrible reminder. Never, <laughs> ever think of the colossal titan in a kamui <laughs> now i can't unthink it oh, no. <laughs> now it's just yes. the elephant in the room your fault uh. paul <laughs> it's always paul's fault <laughs> hey, I, hey getting back to ryuko my my friend uh christopher soul he, he often says that he feels like ryuko is kind of the female yusuke urameshi huh Okay, it's been a while since I've seen you, Hakusho. So I'm trying to like think about that. But well, he's a punk. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess that's a big similarity. A well-meaning punk. Yeah, and he's very he's very nice to his friends when he realizes that his friends are there for him. That's kind of like yeah, I guess. Uh, I'm trying to think of like maybe his relationship with Kurobara's sort of similar with Ryuko and Mako maybe I don't I don't know Mako's definitely more hyper than Kurobara was but I can kind of see it now I now I want to see Yusuke in uh the transform Kamui and I want to see Kurobara wearing Mako's clothes yeah (laughs) and doing the hallelujah pose can I lick your face Ryuko oh no (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this interview has gone too far. <laughs> uh, yes, it's our running joke. We have found the running joke. <laughs> oh, oh, but I think uh, I think it's time to get to the tsunami related questions here. Is that, oh, is why, that we're why we're here? here? <laughs> that's why we're here. Um, it is a tsunami so, podcast. It is a tsunami podcast. Yeah. So, obviously, the question that we have to ask first is: um, Have you seen tsunami either 
I mean, what was your first experience with Toonami? Was it in the past of Cartoon Network or on Adult Swim? And what was your favorite show if you have seen Toonami on a regular basis? Yeah, I definitely, when I was getting into anime, Toonami was a good outlet for watching new shows because, you know, I was, how old was I? I don't know, like 12, 13 or so. And, you know, they had just started, like, putting in a manga section in the bookstores and like you can almost find a few different series and like random video stores or like Best Buy, but the selection was so small. So it was really hard to, to get into different things, but Toonami was a good way to, for me to, to find new shows. And I started watching stuff like Cowboy Bebop and Outlaw Star is one of my favorite shows, Ooh. like to this day. <laughs> um, Gundam Wing and like, Zero uh, Eighth MS Team was really good. That's probably one of my favorite Gundam series. And G Gundam, G Gundam oh, was great. Oh, you just hit Paul's uh, sweet spot there. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and now I'm thinking of Domoni and Senkets. Oh no! To be fair, though, with his current uniform, he would look really good in it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sketch, sketch. Now, now I'm thinking this. This is what I'm thinking. This hand of mine is burning red. I know. <laughs> he says it with the this suit. loud roar tells me to put pants on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this podcast. <laughs> and then Chibity could totally be Mickey Sugi. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> oh. Oh man. Uh, what else did I watch though? I can't can't remember the lineup. It's been so long since that old lineup. Well, if you say Thundercats, I'll probably die on the ground, so. Um, I don't know if I watched... Was it the old Thundercats or the new one? Uh, Cartoon Network was old. Um, the one on Adult Swim was new. Okay, I don't remember... I know I watched some of the old Thundercats, but I don't remember if it was necessarily on the Toonami block. And I did watch some of the new Thundercats, but I'm really lazy with keeping up with things so You're not the <laughs> i only didn't one. see all of it <laughs> yeah. the new thundercats wasn't as in my opinion what isn't as good as the the original but there again they're they're kind of like two different series now so it's kind of yeah. like you know you can't really say like this thundercats is the same as this thundercats because well they're different storylines now so it's like comparing different ninja turtles yeah exactly like, yeah. yeah so yeah what do you you've obviously seen Toonami currently um what do you think of Toonami as it is right now um actually I don't have cable so the only time I really get to watch it is if I'm visiting my parents in Chicago (laughs) or if I'm at somebody's house that has it or you know if I'm at a convention and I happen to be watching tv on a Saturday or something like that but um I mean the lineup seems pretty good from what I've seen it's a lot of kind well it's not like older stuff but they'll put a good mix of like newer things that are, you know, current and like the hot, you know, stuff like, you know, Attack on Titan and, and Kill a Kill. And, you know, they had Cowboy Bebop on for a while and that's kind of a classic. And what else do they have on? Uh, what They had like Dead Man Wonderland on it, which I haven't really seen. Um, oh, you should see that. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw an episode and I was like, this is weird. <laughs> You kind of got to watch the whole thing because it's kind of like, you know, yeah. you see one episode and you're like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're just like, you're just sitting there going, I really should have seen this from the beginning. Yeah. I've done that with a couple series and I'm like, damn it. Why did I watch it from this episode? <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I guess that's the hard thing about Toonami too is that if you miss it, like you have to kind of wait for it to rerun if you want to see the whole thing again or something. Because I mean, they don't. I don't do that. Do they do reruns? Like yeah, a lot of the times it's sometimes. one and done, and sometimes yeah. they'll do yeah. another run. But waiting for reruns once a week is, let's face it, not many people are willing to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really hard to keep up with stuff like that if you're not very active with it. And not having cable, it's really hard for me to do that. So Of course, I think, you know, we kind of talked about how they, um, they're they trying to do this. It looks like they're trying to do some kind of, like, stream of it on Saturdays online. Huh. So we may get to see some kind of encores coming up. But we, we're not sure how what that is and how that'll work. But, you know. Well, that would be cool considering they took off, like, what, three hours of the block? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we can get some more back. That, w- that would be nice, you know? Yeah. Got to get people watching it, though. They need those ratings. That's mm-hmm. why I'm really glad Kill a Kill is on the block now, because it seems like they're getting a good amount of views every week. Like, I think we've been in the millions yes. for yeah, the past few like, weeks since it started. Yeah. So that's really cool. It's done very well. Yeah, I'm really happy. Now, um, one last question about Toonami, Toonami-related question. Um, is there a show that you've been in, or even a show that necessarily you haven't been in, that you would like to see on Toonami? Mm, of course, Magi would be a good one. I don't know if it's like... I mean, Top I'd love it list. to be on Toonami, but I don't know. Considering a lot of the shows that they have on there, I don't know if it would necessarily fit. But I wouldn't be opposed, for sure. Um, one of the only other anime that I've been in currently is Blood Lad. Yes. And I think Blood Lad would be pretty fun. It's a short series. It's like 11 episodes. 10 episodes. I think. 10 but, episodes. Well, there's, there's an OVA. Yeah. yeah so and it's technically 11. I don't even know why it's an OVA. Because <laughs> it's like a regular yeah, episode. So weird. It's the weirdest thing. But it was really fun. <laughs> so. Do you know if, there, yeah. if there's going to be any more episodes of that coming? Because like. It kind of like just it kind of just like abruptly stops, and I'm kind of like, what happened? Um, <laughs> the manga is still going, but yeah. I think the I want to. Yeah, I, I want to say it. It was a sleeper hit, so I don't think it got the views that maybe it would necessarily have needed to continue. Mm. But that's right. just kind of my opinion outside looking in, because obviously I have no relation to. Right. You know, knowing that stuff because I don't work in Japan. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it'd be cool. It was a really funny series. I actually enjoyed it more um, from the dub. If you guys haven't seen that yet, oh but yeah, the, the dub dub's is, great. It's really good. The it's dub so is funny. The, the I think dub... they're streaming it again. Yeah, I don't yeah know it's if on I should say the network. So this is a tsunami <laughs> podcast, but <laughs> oh, we mentioned Hulu enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So much that they should be paying us. Who <laughs> <laughs> get on that? We actually interviewed them because that that's Neon Alley, obviously. So yeah, we, yeah. we did interview them about uh, their service and everything. Okay. Uh, but you know, like, because just talking briefly about Blood Lad, that was the only pro- That was the real big issue that I had with it was, you know, it w- it was a great series, but then like, there doesn't appear to be like some set ending you know what i mean like yeah no i totally agree yeah i I kind of felt like if you it's great what you had but you know you could have if it was only gonna be that long it should have had like you know some kind of concrete ending yeah you know 
Yeah. Not like it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to have like an ending where it's like okay the series is done like an ending that just says okay yes it's done but there's more going on you know obviously. yeah so, yeah you know. I I totally agree I wish there was more of it because it was it was really fun to watch so I would mm-hmm. not be opposed to another season. <laughs> <laughs> so um, going back to voice acting real real quick, um, so for both. Uh, Personally, and as part of a so-called new generation of voice actors, what does it mean to you to have a role as huge as Ryuko? It's pretty crazy. Um, you know, I I really expected things to go a lot slower than they did for me. I, I'm still even surprised that, you know, I'm I'm working as much as I am in voiceover because, you know, you... It, it's pretty uncommon. I mean, I think it's getting a little bit more common, strangely <laughs> enough, for it to happen where you kind of just see these people pop out of nowhere and they've got, you know, lead roles and stuff. Because when I had, you know, when I did Magi, it was like, oh, hey, who the heck is this Eric Mendes chick? And even then when I got Ryuko, people were still coming up to me at conventions being like, you know, I've never heard of you before. Like, congrats <laughs> on your first main role. And I'm like, well, it's not, but thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's so cool because I feel like a lot of, this new generation of voice actors, like you're saying, are fans. So we are very excited about what we're doing and, you know, we're trying to do it to the best of our ability because, you know, this is also stuff that we enjoy. So we, we know what the fans like in a way. Um, obviously we have sort of different taste, but <laughs> to a general extent, we, we kind of get the fans, and, you know, I don't know, it's just, it's a, it's a hard question to answer because, <laughs> I mean, I was definitely really excited to get Ryuko, but also really scared because I know that it's a big series and, you know, I didn't want to mess it up, but <laughs> you can't please everyone, unfortunately, but yeah. I'm really happy with the response that it's been getting so far. So I would not trade it for anything in the world, <laughs> good or bad responses. So nice. <laughs> it's, I've, I've learned a lot with Ryuko too. I feel like in a way I can, I can relate to her in the sense that she kind of gets thrown into this situation and she's kind of growing up and learning how to deal with this stuff on the way. And I feel like that's kind of how I've been um, growing as an actor just kind right. of, you know, learning from experience what to do and what not to do and how to handle certain situations. Because before Kill a Kill, they, I had done nothing, absolutely <laughs> nothing that was going to prepare me for all of that screaming. So it was kind of just like, throw Erica off the deep end and, you know, <laughs> just... Throw her off the deep her... end and hope she can swim. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And luckily, I learned fast, even if it was, you know, doggy paddling at first, so... <laughs> Dog paddling is still swimming. Oh, yes, for sure. But not, you know, like butterfly strokes or whatever. I don't know swimming terms. I don't watch free, so I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey, even Michael Phelps doggy paddled to start with. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) I hope that answered the question. I just kind of rambled. No, that was no, that was fine. Okay. (laughs) So there really was no wrong answer for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. (laughs) Yay. So what was it like to go to your first convention as a guest? Oh, um, the first one wasn't so bad because, like I said, nobody really knew who I was. So it's not like I'm going to get mobbed um, 
you know, on my way to a panel or whatever. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool starting off and not having people know who you are. Cause you can just kind of like me, I, I used to go to conventions before I, you know, started voice acting. So I like to go to panels like voiceover panels and like panels for shows I like, or I'll browse the dealer's hall like for hours on end because I like buying things. Miss and... a couple panels because of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I, now I'm definitely starting to get more recognized. So it's a lot harder to do some of that stuff. Um, cause I'll have people, you know, recognize me and be like, Hey, Erica, can I take a picture with you? And I'm like, Oh, sure. You want to take a picture with me? That's, it's cool. <laughs> I've never had that. You know, it's, it's a strange experience wanting people to like sign stuff for you because you're like, I mean, at least for me, because like I said, I used to go to conventions. Um, this is the stuff I used to do. Like, you know, even just five to seven years ago, I would go to conventions to get people's autographs and ask to take pictures with them and stuff. So it's pretty crazy having, you know, been on both sides of the, the glass there. <laughs> right. Um, did you have any voice acting um, inspirations or mentors or anything when you were starting out? Mm, maybe not mentors, but I definitely had people I looked up to. Um, a lot of my uh, my initial interest was learning to do boy voices. So I... Um, very carefully studied, uh, like Laura Bailey doing trunks in Dragon Ball Z, mm -hmm. um, mm. and Brianne Sadal in Outlaw Star playing Jim and ah. her Sukasa in Dot Hack Sign. That's another thing I watched on Tsunami Dot Hack Sign. Yeah. Um, who else? Like Mona Marshall and Barbara Goodson when Bully Cooley was on Tsunami. Yes. <laughs> another one. It's another good one. And. Yeah, just those are a lot of a lot of my inspirations. And then, you know, people like Grey Delisle and Tara Strong and just a lot of the really good female voice actresses. Because, you know, voice actresses are only female. That was a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let but, yeah. society tell you otherwise. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not a conformist. You can't tell me what to say. I don't know. <laughs> well, one final question, if we may ask, unless these gentlemen over here have other questions. Um, I'm tapped out. <laughs> what <laughs> words of advice do you have for someone interested in pursuing voice acting? I would say the kind of usual like thing that people say, I think, is to take a lot of acting classes. I think I, I was kind of stunted in that aspect because I, I had stage fright and I didn't do a lot of acting classes. But then again, I never figured I was going to end up where I was. Voice acting was a, a hobby for me when I was doing it, you know, online for however many years I did it. But I wish I had gone back and taken more acting classes and improv stuff. Um, I didn't get into that stuff to kind of finally get over it. Not even finally, because I'm still, I still have stage fright. Sometimes I'll get even nervous in the booth, but that adrenaline kind of helps me um, perform, I feel like, just to kind of get through it. But yeah, I just, I started taking acting classes really late and now I'm taking a lot of voiceover classes as much as I can when I'm not working on, you know, doing projects and stuff. But yeah, acting classes, improv, um, you know, community theater, just anything you can do to sharpen your skills. And, you know, even if you're not paying for acting classes, just 
practice recording yourself and maybe share it with your friends or your family to kind of get feedback and, you know, just keep, keep practicing. Don't give up, you know, as you never know where you're going to end up in however many years, even if it doesn't work out right away. I think that's the problem some people have is they're looking for instant gratification. But for most people, it takes several years before you get your first big break. So just mm-hmm. keep at it, you know. I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> I'm not very good at advice. I'm just rambling. Okay. <laughs> now, now, Jim, write all that down. <laughs> okay. I feel like I feel like you you know a lot of that stuff already, though. So it's hard to give me? you advice. Who, who me in general? Like, <laughs> well, I've talked to you about it before. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I to that end, I actually did community theater last year. I was George Bailey, and it's a wonderful life. I played a uh, I played a pompous British uh, royal in um summer <laughs> radio mystery theater so that's cool yeah so lots of character work yeah um well i didn't do well they were appreciative i didn't do a jimmy stewart impression <laughs> <laughs> well thank you erica for coming on the show oh no problem it was really fun so thanks for having me you're welcome glad you enjoyed yourself <laughs> <laughs> where can our listeners find you on the internets I am on the Twitters. I am at Sunderica. That's T-S-U-N-D-E-R-I-C-A. It's a dumb little, what I thought was clever at the time name. So I've <laughs> usually been sticking to that. Um, so that's most of my handles on stuff like Instagram and Tumblr, um, where I post every so often. And I am also on Facebook, where you can like my page. It is, uh, I believe, Erica Mendez voice or vo i can't remember exactly it's one of those two but i post there whenever i have announcements to make and yeah Alrighty then so i guess that's it yeah so Thanks we'll again. be seeing we'll be seeing you out there yeah erica <laughs> if i may quote you from uh if i may quote you from uh star trek yes <laughs> oh, cool thank you Absolutely. See you later, Erica. See you later, Bye. Erica. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Finish him! Don't lose your way!